section twenty nine part two chapter one continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain whenever don marcelo passed a bad night suffering from nightmare a certain terrible thing always the same would torment his imagination rarely did he dream of mortal peril to his family or self the frightful vision was always that certain notes bearing his signature were presented for collection which he marcelo desnoyers the man always faithful to his bond with a past of immaculate probity was not able to pay such a possibility made him tremble and long after waking his heart would be oppressed with terror to his imagination this was the greatest disgrace that a man could suffer now that war was overturning his existence with its agitations the same agonies were reappearing completely awake with full powers of reasoning he was suffering exactly the same distress as when in his horrible dreams he saw his dishonored signature on a protested document all his past was looming up before his eyes with such extraordinary clearness that it seemed as though until then his mind must have been in hopeless confusion the threatened land of france was his native country fifteen centuries of history had been working for him in order that his opening eyes might survey progress and comforts that his ancestors did not even know many generations of desnoyers had prepared for his advent into life by struggling with the land and defending it that he might be born into a free family and fireside and when his turn had come for continuing this effort when his his time it arrived in the rosary of generations he had fled like a debtor evading payment on coming into his fatherland he had contracted obligations with the human group to whom he owed his existence this obligation should be paid with his arms with any sacrifice that would repel danger and he had eluded the acknowledgment of his signature fleeing his country and betraying his trust to his forefathers ah miserable coward the material success of his life the riches acquired in a remote country were comparatively of no importance there are failures that millions cannot blot out the uneasiness of his conscience was proving it now proof too was in the envy and respect inspired by this poor mechanic marching to meet his death with others equally humble all kindled with the satisfaction of duty fulfilled of sacrifice accepted the memory of madariaga came to his memory where we make our riches and found a family there is our country no the statement of the centaur was not correct in normal times perhaps far from one's native land when it is not exposed to danger one may forget it for a few years but he was living now in france and france was being obliged to defend herself against enemies wishing to overpower her the sight of all her people rising en masse was becoming an increasingly shameful torture for desnoyers making him think all the time of what he should have done in his youth of what he had dodged the veterans of seventy were passing through the streets with the green and black ribbon in their lapel souvenirs of the privations of the siege of paris and of heroic and disastrous campaigns the sight of these men 
satisfied with their past made him turn pale nobody was recalling his but he knew it and that was enough in vain his reason would try to lull this interior tempest those times were different then there was none of the present unanimity the empire was unpopular everything was lost but the recollection of a celebrated sentence was fixing itself in his mind as an obsession france still remained many had thought as he did in his youth but they had not therefore evaded military service they had stood by their country in a last and desperate resistance useless was his excuse-making reasoning nobler thoughts showed him the fallacy of this beating around the bush explanations and demonstrations are unnecessary to the understanding of patriotic and religious ideals true patriotism does not need them one's country is one's country and the laboring man skeptical and jesting the self-centered farmer the solitary pastor all had sprung to action at the sound of this conjuring word comprehending it instantly without previous instruction it is necessary to pay don marcelo kept repeating mentally i ought to pay my debt as in his dreams he was constantly feeling the anguish of an upright and desperate man who wishes to meet his obligations pay and how it was now very late for a moment the heroic resolution came into his head of offering himself as a volunteer of marching with his bag at his side in some one of the groups of future combatants the same as the carpenter but the uselessness of the sacrifice came immediately into his mind of what use would it be he looked robust and was well preserved for his age but he was over seventy and only the young make good soldiers combat is but one incident in the struggle equally necessary are the hardship and self-denial in the form of interminable marches extremes of temperature nights in the open air shoveling earth digging trenches loading carts suffering hunger no it was too late he could not even leave an illustrious name that might serve as an example instinctively he glanced behind he was not alone in the world he had a son who could assume his father's debt but that hope only lasted a minute his son was not french he belonged to another people half of his blood was from another source besides how could the boy be expected to feel as he did would he even understand if his father should explain it to him it was useless to expect anything from this lady-killing dancing clown from this fellow of senseless bravado who was constantly exposing his life in duels in order to satisfy a silly sense of honor oh the meekness of the bluff seor desnoyers after these reflections his family felt alarmed at seeing the humility and gentleness with which he moved around the house the two men-servants had gone to join their regiments and to them the most surprising result of the declaration of war was the sudden kindness of their master the lavishness of his farewell gifts the paternal care with which he supervised their preparations for departure the terrible don marcelo embraced them with moist eyes and the two had to exert themselves to prevent his accompanying them to the station outside of his home he was slipping about humbly as though mutely asking pardon of the many people around him to him they all appeared his superiors 
it was a period of economic crisis for the time being the rich also were experiencing what it was to be poor and worried the banks had suspended operations and were paying only a small part of their deposits for some weeks the millionaire was deprived of his wealth and felt restless before the uncertain future how long would it be before they could send him money from south america was war going to take away fortunes as well as lives and yet desnoyers had never appreciated money less nor disposed of it with greater generosity numberless mobilized men of the lower classes who were going alone toward the station met a gentleman who would timidly stop them put his hand in his pocket and leave in their right hand a bill of twenty francs fleeing immediately before their astonished eyes the working women who were returning weeping from saying good-bye to their husbands saw this same gentleman smiling at the children who were with them patting their cheeks and hastening away leaving a five-franc piece in their hands don marcelo who never smoked was now frequenting the tobacco shops coming out with hands and pockets filled in order that he might with lavish generosity press the packages upon the first soldier he met at times the recipient smiling courteously would thank him with a few words revealing his superior breeding afterwards passing the gift on to others clad in cloaks as coarse and badly cut as his own the mobilization universally obligatory often caused him to make these mistakes the rough hands pressing his with a grateful clasp left him satisfied for a few moments ah if only he could do more the government in mobilizing its vehicles had appropriated three of his monumental automobiles and desnoyers felt very sorry that they were not also taking the fourth mastodon of what use were they to him the shepherds of this monstrous herd the chauffeur and his assistants were now in the army everybody was marching away finally he and his son would be the only ones left two useless creatures he roared with wrath on learning of the enemy's entrance into belgium considering this the most unheard-of treason in history he suffered agonies of shame at remembering that at first he had held the exalted patriots of his country responsible for the war what perfidy methodically carried out after long years of preparation the accounts of the sackings fires and butcheries made him turn pale and gnash his teeth to him to marcelo desnoyers might happen the very same thing that belgium was enduring if the barbarian should invade france he had a home in the city a castle in the country and a family through association of ideas the women assaulted by the soldiery made him think of chichi and the dear dona luisa the mansions in flames called to his mind the rare and costly furnishings accumulated in his expensive dwellings the armorial bearings of his social elevation the old folk that were shot the women foully mutilated the children with their hands cut off all the horrors of a war of terror aroused the violence of his character and such things could happen with impunity in this day and generation in order to convince himself that punishment was near that vengeance was overtaking the guilty ones he felt the necessity of mingling daily with the people crowding around the gare de l'est although the greater part of the troops were operating on the frontiers that was not diminishing the activity in paris 
entire battalions were no longer going off but day and night soldiers were coming to the station singly or in groups these were reserves without uniform on their way to enroll themselves with their companies officials who until then had been busy with the work of the mobilization platoons in arms destined to fill the great gaps opened by death the multitude pressed against the railing was greeting those who were going off following them with their eyes while they were crossing the large square the latest editions of the daily papers were announced with hoarse yells and instantly the dark throng would be spotted with white all reading with avidity the printed sheets good news vive la france a doubtful dispatch foreshadowing calamity no matter we must press on at all costs the russians will close in behind them and while these dialogues inspired by the latest news were taking place many young girls were going among the groups offering little flags and tricolored cockades and passing through the patio men and still more men were disappearing behind the glass doors on their way to the war a sub-lieutenant of the reserves with his bag on his shoulder was accompanied by his father toward the file of policemen keeping the crowds back desnoyers saw in the young officer a certain resemblance to his son the father was wearing in his lapel the black and green ribbon of eighteen seventy a decoration which always filled desnoyers with remorse he was tall and gaunt but was still trying to hold himself erect with a heavy frown he wanted to show himself fierce inhuman in order to hide his emotion good-bye my boy do your best good-bye father they did not clasp hands and each was avoiding looking at the other the official was smiling like an automaton the father turned his back brusquely and threading his way through the throng entered a cafe where for some time he needed the most retired seat in the darkest corner to hide his emotion and don marcelo envied his grief end of section twenty nine